The Blockbusters Podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us, as well as other fine shows such as The Guy Huddle, Language of Bromance, and Dave's Nerd Compendium at podbros.com, and on Twitter at, at @podbrosnetwork. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. And I'm Paul. And today we will be talking about the recently released documentary, Back in Time, and also the original Back to the Future film and subsequent uh, sequels uh, on a whole kind of uh, what those movies mean to us and uh, just touching on favorite bits here and there. Yes, this isn't going to be a three-hour retrospective of the entire (laughs) trilogy, so don't worry there. It will come in uh, slightly shorter than the runtime of the film, hopefully. (laughs) Alright, and this is where we would normally do nuts and bolts for the film. I mean, first, I may as well get these out of the way as well. Twitter, at Blokebusters, facebook.com slash Blokebusters. If you want to email us, blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, there is no S in that. And then we also have a website, blokebusters.webs.com. And I think it's up to date. You can All right. check that if you want. <laughs> All right. And, of course, you want, might want to have a visit to microjfox.org because, you know, why wouldn't you want to <laughs> donate to a worthy cause and find out as much as you can about it? Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we would normally do... Cast and and directions and but, yes, uh, whatever, but... being a documentary, especially one that's re- been released on Netflix, uh, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. hard to track. <laughs> yeah, and it, I was actually just quickly before we get into anything else, I was surprised at that. I went onto the website, going, okay, so it's released now. We're gonna w- sit down, watch it, and then talk about it. We can watch it on Amazon Video. You can watch it on <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And yeah, I saw this on Netflix. What? It, it free? <laughs> yeah, I think they should have at least staggered it a few weeks to let it make some on-demand money. But uh... yeah. I mean, there is the argument of people can watch it on Netflix and then give them money if they enjoyed it mm-hmm. or if they want to help out. Which I mean, they could have even done like you know, stream it for five bucks or whatever, and it goes to Team Fox or yeah. you know, something <laughs> like that. But I'm sure. The people in charge have a, had a good deal, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm not running the the marketing for it, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure uh, they did the best they could. Yes, so the only real nuts and bolts that we decided we'd actually look up is how much the original trilogy made at the box office. All right, do so we want to have me guess? <laughs> okay, that's, that's, no. it, these are 1986 to 1990 so dollars. The, so yes, the first one was released July 3rd, 1985. Uh, uh-huh. The second, November 22nd, 1989, and the third, May 24th, 1990. Okay, so and the all... production budget for all three oh, okay. films came together at 99 million. 99 million. Okay, uh, and this is. 
domestic or worldwide you have? I have both. Okay. I was going to give the worldwide. Okay. So. I'm going to try to guess domestic because I have no idea. <laughs> I don't okay. even know where to begin. I would say all three. <laughs> I would say 140 million. 140 million. You are not right. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise. I was... I'm trying to think, like, what's a successful movie in 1985, 86? I will About t- 40 million. I will tell you, million. that is 8 million more than the average made per film. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the Better domest- be low than high. The domestic box office for all three films is 397.9. Oh, good million. on you, Back to the Future. <laughs> that was just yeah. a hair off. Just a little. <laughs> the worldwide box office for the three comes in at $940,800,093. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... It's up there. Okay. Yes. It made its money back. <laughs> A little bit. And continues to do so. Yeah. <laughs> As we will get into. <laughs> uh, so I guess we just want to kind of talk about the films themselves before we get into the documentary. Yeah, because at the very mm-hmm. least you should hear where we're coming from. <laughs> exactly. Some sort of reference point here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When uh, did this film first cross your... Uh, well, I can't give you an exact yeah. timeline, unfortunately, but I get the feeling that you know, maybe I was 10-ish mm-hmm. around that time, and what would have happened, given that I was two years old when the third film came out, is I probably saw all three very close together. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, let's say, seven years younger than Marty McFly is, so I didn't have the the teenage angst that he would have had at the time. But, yeah, I remember watching it, and it was possibly one of the first real sci-fi films. I'm not counting Jurassic Park in that. That's a different kettle of fish. Mm -hmm. But probably one of the first sci-fi films that I remember sitting down and watching and getting into that aspect of it. And it, it was such a well-rounded story <laughs> it really was yeah uh. <laughs> yeah and I, I can't uh, I can't fault the first film much and I may be in the minority I genuinely don't know in that I enjoyed the second film almost as much and the third film pretty much as much I, I prefer I would say Back to Future 1, Back to Future 3, Back to Future 2 is my order of preference. So you, you are in a, I think most people kind of view it as like the Matrix trilogy where it was a steady yeah. decline yeah. in quality. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. For some reason, even though I don't like Westerns, mm-hmm. I prefer the Western Back to the Future over the futuristic Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> or the now in the past yes. Back to the Future, which is also where we're coming to you from, the past. <laughs> yes, we're coming to you from the past, which is still... Your present. <laughs> yeah, which is still the future of the Back to the Future Part 2. And where... you'll be listening to this in the future. Yes. Right. <laughs> Everyone got that? Okay. Yes. Um, Get it, got it, good. All right. Uh, I have to think, once again, it's hard to pinpoint an exact date, but it had. To, I had to have seen it on at home on TV, uh, yeah. Because um, being born in '82, I you know I was not going to the theater when I was four. I've already discussed it and get out to the movies really till I was about 11, 
2012. Right. Um, so I'm sure it was an, a made-for-TV broadcast uh, that, you know, hmm. commercials and the like. I'm sure that was the first way I saw it. And then I know yeah. we had it on videotape. <laughs> and then I remember, like, I, I had to have seen it in probably 88 or something for the first time. Okay. Because I remember only having a short wait till two came out. Right. Like I remember, like uh, I we did have the video that we'll maybe uh, talk about later, where it said "to be continued." Yeah. And I was pretty excited. <laughs> like, ooh, okay. And so yeah, I was able to see two. I think just a few months later, and then had to wait just about half a year yep. till three came out. Um, but the first film, kind of along with what you were saying, it was the kind of the first time I realized what movies could be uh, <laughs> as far as the sci-fi um, the sort of kind of magical fantasy ride it, it yeah. takes you on uh, it, it was just such like you said a well-rounded adventure <laughs> film and just so well written and funny and so many quotable moments and that we like <laughs> Still in my daily conversation, you know, it'll pop in here and there. Yeah. It's just one of those that has really stood the test of time very well. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, a lot of things actually work if you go into the past, I think. Because mm -hmm. obviously if you go into the past, then the reason it's dated is because it's supposed to be. Whereas yes. going into the future, as with the second one, mm -hmm. since we've now gone past the date, <laughs> it's very dated because it's like, oh, that's what they thought it might be like. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it it does very well, I think, because they they managed to get the feel of that time because it was filmed at that time. And then they went back in time to uh, a time period that is very well documented and everyone was able to recreate very well, I think. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree. Yeah, more with that. Uh, I lost where I was going to go with that, but <laughs> and I'm glad you added more. Yes, I, I like, couldn't uh, agree with that. No, I couldn't no. agree. No, I disagree. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just really loved this movie. Like, loved it then. I love it now. And you might be saying, Brian, you hate time travel movies. <laughs> yes, the yeah. time travel. Let's not get into that, Paul. Let's not start drawing on chalkboards here. Really? You don't want to? <laughs> because I will go cross-eyed. And I think even you could admit the, the logic in their their rules that they set up are pretty much bullshit. <laughs> but, well, but despite that, as an adventure film, as like uh, just a friendship film between Doc and Marty and his relationship with his parents, all that stuff, I think it just is... So wonderful. Yeah. No, yeah, really good. And like, yeah, I'll grant you that it's the first time we saw the specific rules of time travel that are set in place in this film. Mm -hmm. And I was fine with that. I would probably argue that the idea of the ripple effect doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Because let's assume that you change the past somehow. So mm -hmm. you, you've stabbed your father. So chances are he's going to die, and that means that you're not going to exist. It's the grandfather. Yeah. One of two things should happen at that point if we're going to go with generally accepted time travel mm -hmm. thing. The first is that the paradox will happen, and you will cease to exist 
which means that you are now stuck in an infinite loop where time will reverse and then your your grandfather won't have been or your father won't have been stabbed and you'll go up go back and stab him at which point you won't have existed so time will reverse so that's the paradox or he's been stabbed but you are now you have now created an alternate timeline but you are going to stay there now like that you are now in this timeline i want a delorean to go to the future right now <laughs> two minutes from yes, now to get, to get past the thing so so you know there's there's that it's i think it's generally accepted that let's say you did what marty did mm-hmm. any changes would be instantaneous or it wouldn't affect him because it's just alternate universe type thing now so the actual slowly fading from time thing yes the whole photo people disappearing on the photo uh, yeah and which i think it also completely ignores that in one of the other films in that Mm. something either happens immediately or something changes out of order so it doesn't quite work not having seen the films in a few years, I can't give you specifics. Yes, I, I, just having seen the documentary, I very much want to watch the first film right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. believe I... Yeah, I, mean, I did have the trilogy somewhere, but I don't know. I, I know I have it, so I think next weekend I'll be putting them in, oh, well, yeah. giving them a play. Putting them back to back to back. I, I might have to. I might, yes, yeah, so keep them going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will be long. Yeah, not long behind you on that. Um, I don't know. Should we talk about? Um, I don't know any issues that you. Well, other than the time travel for me, right. things you didn't like about the franchise, or um, I don't know if I had any real huge problems other than what I just mm-hmm. mentioned with the time travel logic and. I will say, at the first time I watched it, I probably didn't have any trouble with it because I wasn't as sure. educated and informed just about that stuff. Just just ignore it, yeah. Yeah, you, <laughs> you run with it while it's on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think I had any real issues with it. I didn't notice that the Jennifer actress changed. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I don't notice that stuff generally anyway, so... Mm. That's not really a a thing that you can take away. Anyone else? Everyone else probably noticed, and I I just didn't because I don't. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I had any real trouble with the plot line. Although I do agree with there's another podcast I've been listening to where they're doing their own Back to the Future retrospectives, and they mentioned that Marty in the first film is you know he's he's marty and then in the second and third film he suddenly will respond if anyone calls him yellow or chicken like he, yeah he, he just he gains this incredible insecurity right there <laughs> like i mean he's the lead guitarist and i guess singer even though we never mm-hmm. see him sing outside of the johnny be good of a band and yet if someone calls him chicken like all bets are off like it's, it doesn't seem to fit uh, there's got to be some psychological damage there where i don't know he's <laughs> very young and so i guess <laughs> yeah beaten with a chicken or i don't know <laughs> with a yellow chicken <laughs> with, a, yes, with a yellow chicken and yes yeah, so it was a rubber yellow chicken that was <laughs> brutally beaten by george <laughs> sure <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> why not yeah 
We'll make yeah. up our own backstory there. <laughs> um, I remember, yeah, just kind of going back to first impressions. I remember, like, just wanting, like, a Doc Brown in my life, like, right. at the time. Like, and I guess we can start touching on the documentary a little bit. Um, but, you know, like they mentioned in there, it wasn't weird at the time to have a friendship with a, a much older gentleman. Now no. that's really, ooh, something fishy's got to be going on there. But to have that kind of mentorship uh, from an eccentric but still well-educated person, you know, the... Yeah. <laughs> that does that actually, you know, look out for his well-being, even though he does, you know, send him in a very risky time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. After he tested out with Einstein, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, I get the feeling that he was very sure that it would work, because I, I don't mm-hmm. think he would willingly put Einstein in the time machine if he <laughs> wasn't, let's say, 99.9% sure that it was going to work. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, I just loved, like, I think I loved him more than I did Marty. Like, as far as a character in yeah. that world, um, I mean, all of, most of the comedy for me comes from his reactions and yeah. <laughs> his exposition and, and wearing the giant, what was it, mind-reading device yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the colander basically yeah, on so the the colander on the, I mean, just yeah it's christopher lloyd what <laughs> he's always hilarious so yeah i just remember him you know watching the show taxi i don't know if you ever watched that i um, have not but, but, but i knew he was, he was on so it. so good i mean that shit was awesome but yeah <laughs> uh, i just love me some christopher lloyd uh, love the clock tower <laughs> yeah <laughs> clock tower scene yeah now that there's fan theories all over the place for a couple of these things. Number one, how Marty and Doc ever became friends. Mm-hmm. And someone that I was talking to a while ago, I, d- I have no idea. Oh my how- god, if you're going to say what I'm going to say, I'm going to be blown away. Uh, well, then, John, I have no idea. Actually, uh-huh. <laughs> there are so many of these that could be completely different. They were of the opinion that because Marty went back in time and talked to that Doc, that Doc then specifically looked for Marty, which created that friendship. The idea kind of being the uh, not not the grandfather paradox, but the Ouroboros thing, mm-hmm. where it self creates all the time. So they were always going to be friends. However. I'm of the opinion that what happened was that maybe Marty did some odd jobs or something for Doc, mm-hmm. and that's how it started. And then I listened to a brief interview with, and I don't know if it was Bob Gale or Robert Zemeckis or something like that, and they basically said that that was the case because they always assumed that one day... Maybe Marty broke into Doc Brown's house because he was always told, oh, don't go anywhere near Doc Brown. He's a crazy old man. And being a teenager, he's like, I'm going to go near Doc Brown's house. Yeah. So kind of broke in. And because Marty was the only person he'd ever met that was genuinely interested in the stuff he was doing, that led to the friendship. <laughs> yeah, and I... That could actually make a... You know how they're doing, like, the backstory superhero TV shows? Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad show. Kind of the, all the projects they worked together before the DeLorean time machine. 
and in half like, of them probably not working. <laughs> not working. Yeah, you could get a couple seasons out of that. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, especially given that Marty, when the DeLorean's coming straight at them, he is getting out of the way. Like he's like, I, I, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I, I know the history here. Something's <laughs> going to explode, or yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what was your... My favorite fan theory, um, and I don't remember all the particulars, but the main point is... The DeLorean that... is alive? No. Okay. <laughs> Doc, Doc Brown is Marty. Huh. For protect, Making sure that he is able to get his parents back together. Okay. Um, <laughs> that he's built a separate, like another time machine, went back, lived in 1985, hmm. and mentored himself right to, I mean I, it was explained to me where it really made sense <laughs> and I was like oh, that is fascinating <laughs> to me yeah and it, the only problem I have with that is obviously him and Jennifer are together yes. in the future yes, so yes. What, what I know it has there? but but I like it on the surface yeah. it, it doesn't survive much analysis no, <laughs> but yeah. I like it on the surface kind of as a oh that's kind of cool, yeah. a cool way to look at it yeah and the, the other one that the one I just mentioned the fact that the DeLorean is actually alive and Doc somehow created this thing that ha- has a soul shall we say mm-hmm. Is that the DeLorean malfunctioned at the correct point at certain times? It malfunctions mm-hmm. after he gets to 1955, so that he doesn't just drive it into town, and it also malfunctions at the correct point and starts up again at the correct point, so that he does hit the lightning. Mm-hmm. Because if he'd have gone when that alarm went off at the end of the first film, he would he would have missed it, so he wouldn't have gone back in time. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> I don't actually agree with that particular theory. It's just another one I saw uh, in the ether. What, uh, kind of touching on the documentary again, what did you think then and maybe now of the DeLorean as a time machine? I know you're kind of a car guy, so... Sort of, Sort yeah. of, I uh, know. I will but... say the DeLorean, thanks to this film, has been one of the three cars from films that I want like <laughs> if money were no object <laughs> oh okay uh, Eleanor from is that the correct name uh, Eleanor from, yeah from Gone in 60 Seconds what is the third the third is actually and Bumblebee from Transformers <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> you don't want a Transformer <laughs> okay if, if I if I genuinely got Bumblebee yes, uh-huh. then yes okay. but that Camaro no no, okay, not interested yeah. in the camera. Uh-huh. No, uh, I'm trying to think. What it's um, and did they make a Knight Rider movie? <laughs> <laughs> they probably they probably made a TV film of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's the car that Don drives at the very end of Fast and Furious with the engine. Uh, okay. Yeah, like that, they... I like that style <laughs> of car. I so. think I would be, have DeLorean, uh, Eleanor, and mm. then the original Mad Max car. Okay. Uh, the Mel Gibson Mad Max. Car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Now, now, would you want it to look identical to that, or do you want the car that they used in the filming? Well, I mean, if we're shooting for things that never that are never going to happen, let's get the car that. Okay. Like, yeah. If that survived, I have no idea. But or how many probably were not. Used. Yeah, they, I'm sure multiples. You know, they always have multiples, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure George Miller probably has one somewhere. But yeah, now I I genuinely don't know if I'd want to get a DeLorean and make it the time machine DeLorean, or if I just See, want. I wondered the watching the do- documentary. Is there a rift in the DeLorean community of 
purists that <laughs> has to be you know that that <laughs> think it should just look as DeLorean wanted it to look or and then the people that have converted it into the time machine DeLorean I, you know like oh they just like oh you ruined your well I'd, DeLorean. <laughs> I'd like to think because they mentioned that the car company and the brand had failed at the time which well, yeah, meant no more were being like made and... <laughs> and so now the film has made people want to get it which makes me think that there are probably more DeLoreans that exist now that are done as the time machine DeLorean mm-hmm. than just regular DeLoreans so like, I mean watching that documentary there's so much work like the one guy did four years <laughs> making his yeah and, and yeah I wouldn't have the patience <laughs> for that I just want it drivable and yeah, there, I mean, yeah, there's actually one that drives around the town I live in, and every time I see it, I kind of want to just like throw a note at the guy. Just like, you ever want to get rid of the car? <laughs> I know. It's sort of like they, they, you know, they pop up every now and then, like on that show Pawn Stars, and like the price was just outrageous yeah. that the guy wanted, and he's like, and it wasn't even in that good of shape. But was like, like, not that having that only about show five thousand left. Best, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. But, I, I believe they said in the documentaries six and a half thousand out of nine thousand ever made still exist and mm-hmm. they're fairly certain that's entirely because of this film yes yeah like they said if it, you know ford pinto those would all be destroyed yeah. <laughs> and and rightfully so but like one the one of the uh fans or fanatics says you know that um i was kind of the same mind that he thought the delorean was created for the film and having <laughs> I, and i was you know i'm gonna let my six-year-old or seven-year-old self get, get a pass on that because i thought it was made <laughs> for the film as well like i'm like oh that is the time machine car right and i didn't like he said learn until years later that it was first a car and then <laughs> yeah cause, you know like marty says in the film i just i mean kind of back to my original question do you like the car itself or do you like it because of what it represents in reference to Back to the Future I, I mean it's stainless steel which yeah. had never been done really yeah. and, there's no and rightfully so yes <laughs> I, I believe all wing doors it, like there's a mention in the second film where Marty said like why don't we just land on top of it it's like uh, that car would rip through this one <laughs> tissue paper just no uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I mean I Growing up in England, we didn't have the DeLorean. It, mm. it wasn't there. So I, I I wasn't of the assumption that they made it for the film, but I also just didn't know anything about the car, period. Mm. So yeah. I think I just, I liked it because I was like, yeah, you know, as he, he says in the film, and I'm sure they wrote the line specifically so they could mm-hmm. have it in there, like, if you're going to make... A time machine out of a vehicle why not do it with some style like, it, it, it was perfect it is so it. quintessentially 80s that it's, <laughs> it I mean it needs to be in a time capsule because you're like okay let's just break all rules let's make it a sales steel let's do going doors yeah, uh, I mean, they, yeah they could have had the the two main characters from weird science stepping out at some point it would have been like mm-hmm. yep okay but I mean I don't know if I've just convinced myself from loving the the film so much that I actually like the aesthetic of the vehicle but I that's where I'm kind of at like I I like no, I, the, I, the 
the angles on it. And... I will ground you that the car just by itself is not exactly a pretty car. <laughs> it, it looks more like a car that you would expect a kid to have a miniature of. Like that, it just looks like they've blown up <laughs> a Hot Wheel, a, a hot wheel micro machine. <laughs> they, they've just blown them up and that's it. Whereas like the a concept car or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Whereas the car as the time machine... It, that's the iconic look so mm. I, I don't think you can separate those two I think it is just you have the car but the car is the time machine DeLorean so there's yeah because that's what that was my first introduction to it like I didn't so yeah <laughs> anything else that's just a DeLorean it's like well that's an incomplete time machine yes <laughs> it's just waiting to become a time machine yeah that, that's before <laughs> Doc Brown got a hold of it yeah um, I kind of want to do you have a favorite moment or two from the first film? Uh, uh, from the first film, I I don't know if it's a favorite or a moment or line. I I just love every single time the modern day Doc and Marty are together. Okay, like, just. The way that Christopher Lloyd looks at <laughs> um, Marcus A. Fox at time, for like I was saying earlier, when he steps away because the car's coming at him, and he just looks at Marty, looks down at the ground, and looks back at Marcy, and then Marty just slowly starts sidling back in. It's like, he doesn't say anything, but he's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Get back here!" And it, it's the chemistry between them is fantastic. Yeah, so. and so my answer is a little similar. I would say when they're going over the clock tower plan. Um, let, let me guess. The I didn't have much time. I'm sorry. It's not to scale. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. When they're going over that. Oh, yes. The mod. Uh, yeah. And, Perfect. And Christopher Lloyd, the king and of facial expressions yeah. as well. Just that. <laughs> yeah. Where the podcast is failing, but you all know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I could watch that scene just on loop. I, I just want to get. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, one out there. Jif, <laughs> uh, I believe you'll find. Uh, <laughs> Let's not get into that. Jif, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to it in a giphy. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, hey, the person that created the thing itself <laughs> said he would like it to be pronounced Jif. Uh, well, if anyone knows, uh, uh, Chris Hardwick and Will Wheaton have this. Discussion all the time, and I love it. But yes, yeah, I I have no real trouble doing it either way. Let's get back on track. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Wherever that might be. Yeah, I think we cut it off. Just like the uh, uh, second film, uh, this podcast has no roads. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no roads. Just uh, meh. Let's just run it wildlessly. Um, What do you think of the uh, documentary um, overall? Overall. I, I, the reason that I wanted to watch it was because, well, A, all new interviews yes, from these people. that was huge for me. That, that's one of the things that you don't get much of now. It's usually like, archival, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, hey, we've uncovered this thing that we recorded 20 years ago. Why don't you have a look at it? And what it actually is is three minutes of that mm-hmm. surrounded by 10 minutes of other interviews you've already seen and and then half an hour of clips from the original (laughs) yeah and then whoever's making the documentary just doing narration over it so Mm -hmm. uh, but no yeah this was entirely new interviews with as many people as they could get a hold of I was a little surprised that 
Crispin Glover didn't. Yeah, so I would have loved to. Yeah, gotten his thoughts. And a- apparently, I've heard that the guy that plays Biff Tannen. Oh, he's so done with Back to the Future. Yeah, Tom Wilson. Yeah, although I heard in the last year or so he's been like more mm-hmm. into doing that stuff. Although, yeah, it could just be capitalizing on the fact that it's the anniversary. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he's a uh, somewhat stand-up comedian slash performer. Yes, yeah, and uh, so, yeah. like I know, like he's like one of his bits or part of you know he's like you know how people like want to to leave, like, outgoing messages on their phones, like, same butthead. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like, so he, like, kind of addresses it to, like, not have to deal with it at the meet and greet yeah. all that, the, after the shows. But. There's a, a song that you can hear that he's put together yeah, it's where it's the questions he always gets from fans and he's just yes, put it that's to kind song. Of, yeah, what I, was, I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, it's like... What like what did you think of Christopher Lloyd? Kind of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he was nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, my, yeah. Um, yeah. So I did, I wasn't expecting any interviews with him, but no, it, it just would have been, been nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, Thompson's a little kooky, huh? A little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she seems nice enough. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, although I think the person that's changed the most is probably the person that played Jennifer. Uh, like, was, was that with the one that put, it was her in the yeah the original Jennifer yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> she seemed a little she's a little spacey <laughs> just, just a little <laughs> yeah yeah Le- Leah Thompson uh, is you is you've seen as I'm sure a lot of people have at this point they think where Back to the Future in thirty years and actually in thirty years and you see that not only did they get it right but they also went too far with a lot of these people and it turns out that they're all as some people would say aging better than mm-hmm. they had but yeah and it was just really weird to see all of these people now and it is 30 years later and it's like okay you look like you've aged 10 years Michael J. Fox pretty much looked like he barely aged at all which is pretty much yeah uh-huh. <laughs> I think Christopher Lloyd has definitely aged the most yeah, you can definitely tell he really thinks carefully about what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> it takes which, his time. Which, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, we're I mean, not that old. We don't know what that's like. So. No, yeah. I mean, in the 80s, he was, what, 50s, 60s? <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think well, he, I think it was in his like, mid to late 40s in the first one. or I don't know. I don't yeah. think he's quite 80 yet, but maybe he's... Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm not going to bother looking it up. <laughs> yeah, it shows you the amount of research we did for this one. Yes. <laughs> no, we'll continue. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think overall, like this documentary, it was great to see a proper in-depth look at how the people involved felt around the making of the film and what happened after. Like, although the weirdest thing I found watching the documentary is you have all the stories of them trying to get the film made, making the film, and then within the last 10 years, people doing stuff. Like, there seemed to be a bit of a jump there. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, like, kind of my overall feelings, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, when, <laughs> yeah. I don't usually try not to see things I don't <laughs> enjoy unless I know it's going to be a Mordecai and well, it's the last out of that. Well, I mean, but, it's especially a documentary. You're not going to exactly, want to watch a documentary you're not going to like. Exactly. So I do think the first third, uh, while a lot of it was interesting, it was 
kind of tough to get through, I think, just because it was so slow. Um, well, it, it was slow. And, and, and a lot of those people, um, the, the makers of the film, weren't, you know, aren't very charismatic, um, <laughs> other than Spielberg, you know. Yeah. But, and, and some of the things they went over... If you've watched any of the special features from Back to the mm-hmm. Future, you'll have heard, let's say, at least mm-hmm. half of it before. I did love, even though they didn't include the audio, I did love a lo- some of the Eric Stoltz scenes that yeah. they drew in. And then the side, like the comparisons to Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it, uh, it was interesting to see how, because they mentioned they filmed for six weeks with that, Eric yeah, Stoltz. Yeah, and that's like, does not happen. Like, I think Chris Roloid said, or so, you're like, you just don't change the... Yeah. main character six weeks in yeah but, yeah I think he says <laughs> you don't like come back from that you don't come back which is why Eric Schultz is not interviewed <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'd like to think that they approached him for an interview and they received a two word answer the second being I think they off. received a two finger answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's not probably I mean I really don't know maybe he saw the film and genuinely was like Okay, but I mean, it, it, like, but, like yeah. Zemecka says, like he knew it wasn't working, but kept taught, telling himself it was. Or yeah, just, like, um, <laughs> but I mean, you you gotta you're the director, you gotta do what's best for the movie as yeah. far as that is. And with Eric Stoltz in there, it would not have survived today. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I obviously it's, it's tough really... to imagine what that whole film would have been. Yeah, because we can only picture. Michael J. Fox is Marty. But. Now, I'll grant you, based on the footage we saw, he looks more like Crispin Glover's son than he Michael does. J. Fox does. Yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. he has that going for him. Yes. But, well, whatever. And, oh, should we ask the question back to the um, biggest plot hole in the entire franchise is why doesn't his mom recognize him as the kid that got him to fall in love with George. Like, oh, that's my son. They are identical to that guy that was in our high school for a little while. Well, there's there's a couple of different things going around with that. The the one that I kind of like to run with is that they do. And as, as in, obviously not the original mm-hmm. one because that isn't to them but yeah. when when he comes back like, they do know that it was him for instance when, when they have slave biff and they're rich <laughs> yeah okay because yeah. <laughs> when his brother and sister are just kind of like you know, what, what the hell's the matter with you what's going on and they're just like oh get up done it's fine like mm-hmm. they're, they're just a little too oh it's okay he's just running mm-hmm. on that and then also the idea that yeah, they would definitely remember that. So, mm-hmm. like, they must have put two and two together at one point and just figured out, oh, okay, so our son is with that crazy professor that's doing a lot of sciencey <laughs> things. Uh-huh. This guy from back then was doing these weird things. Hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and then, so that there's that, and I kind of like to think, like, okay, they know. But then the... I suppose I can roll with that. Yeah. But the other theory that everyone's running around is he is in their lives for one week. Mm-hmm. There is no photographic evidence of him being around. Mm-hmm. And Marty is born seven years later <laughs> and he's only looking like him when he's, you know, 14, 15 years mm-hmm. old. Like, 
would you remember someone you only met for one week? Like, would you remember exactly what they looked like? Well, if you had a if you had a crush on him and <laughs> you were trying to make out with him in the car, and, I suppose, and he convinced you to go with George yeah. <laughs> to the dance. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would remember that, but. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You'd remember that someone did that. Mm-hmm. But would you remember exactly what they looked like? I think when I saw my son growing <laughs> up and, like, uh, they could come back. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, George would be the most likely to remember, I think. Because mm-hmm. you've got teenage infatuation. It's very different <laughs> to. George would be thinking, like, wait, did she have to have an yeah. affair? She found that guy in modern in modern day and had an affair. Exactly. Yeah. He's a dead ringer for that kid. Yeah. That, <laughs> although, given how George is, I think he's more likely to come up with the idea that <laughs> that actually might be him. Especially given that he turns up that day. Dressed how he left, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they're gonna come home from wherever the hell it is they were that yeah. early in the morning and be like, "Huh, dead ringer for that guy." <laughs> what are you doing? Here? Yeah, you have an age today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine with any fan theory, really. I, I also just, I, I don't care. It's just a testament, <laughs> exactly, to the film stuff. Is that other thing that would be deal breakers in other films like those <laughs> what can be considered huge plot holes yeah um, but the writing and the acting are just so much fun <laughs> that you're willing to overlook those kind of things uh, yeah. for me and know. especially given I believe it's mentioned like within the first 10-15 minutes is that this film is totally different to every single screenwriting course you're ever going to take in yes. that the <laughs> protagonist has no arc there no, is it's, it's Dan Harmon, right? That explained. I think I so. loved every bit of his interview. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah that, he has. He learns no, nothing. <laughs> he learns nothing. He has no apparent desires other than the car. Yeah, which which he just ends up getting because alternate them was able to get for him. So that's mm-hmm. like basically all his worries have disappeared just because of something that accidentally happened. So mm-hmm. yeah. At, Definitely the second and third ones give him arcs. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, the the first one, no, he, there is no no goal other than fixing something he broke. Like, that's... Yeah, that's and, it. And, yeah and, yeah, they say it should be studied in, you know, screenwriting classes and uh, <laughs> film schools. Of <laughs> it, it's an anomaly, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which then begs the interesting question. If it is one of those things that somehow just worked, is it possible to recreate that with a totally different story or would it just not be people obviously ripping off Back to the Future but just I'm, not saying I, I, I gotta go with Spielberg. It was lightning in a bottle. I, th- I yeah. really <laughs> think it was just so many things coming together. The, <laughs> lovable charisma of Michael J. Fox and yeah. the comedic expertise of Christopher Lloyd, a really good director in Zemeckis, an excellent screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all that and great 80s score. Yep. Shout out to Huey Lewis, of course, and Alan Silvestri. Uh, it, everything just came together. And yeah, you know, that's one of those things I didn't really notice initially is that, oh, he doesn't really go on a personal growth journey as 
every protagonist should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's, I'm- I'll be perfectly honest. Same I've, punk kid at the end that he was in the yeah. beginning. I mean, I've gone through film school, and yeah, I've, I've been, you know, I did film studies for my degree. I've gone, I've sat yeah. through the lectures, and I sit down and watch films now, and I pay no attention to whether or not the protagonist <laughs> learns something. <laughs> I'm yeah. paying more attention to whether or not it makes sense. Okay. And. Like, this film completely makes sense. Okay, you're like, <laughs> you know, logic jumps. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's more like, is the character believable mm-hmm. rather than does he learn from his experience? It's more just, would this person act the way that he does? And Marty McFly, very much, he's he goes back in time, accidentally changes something, and I will fight tooth and nail on this. Someone was talking to me about the whole... Twin Pine, Lone Pine Mall thing, and I was pointing out that that him coming back to Lone Pine Mall rather than Twin Pine Mall means that he comes back to a completely different timeline and a different dock than he left. And this person I was talking to was saying, no, the reason that Doc became friends with Marty was because of the letter that Marty left there. And I... I was just like, um, no. No. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. What the hell was I talking about? Um, I don't know. Let's uh, <laughs> save it with, what is the name of the Armenians? The, Sco- uh, oh. the Scover, something brothers. Yeah. Uh, Once again, no research. Yeah, z- yes. zero research for this one. But we we I'm, actually have just come straight from watching this. Thing. The, yes, the documentary. The, yeah. The, uh, the, I want to say Fratellis and the Goonies. <laughs> well, I can tell you, it's not the Scolari brothers. Uh, you're close yeah. with it, though. Yeah, uh, yeah Scolari or something. It's, you're well, you're that's, in the ballpark. No, that's Ghostbusters. That's <laughs> Ghostbusters. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but yes, it's yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember that that scene the first couple times always frightened the shit out of me <laughs> like, really? it was very violent well you gotta remember I was seven eight uh, uh, I, still, suppose, I, mean, I, I suppose you <laughs> giant pussy <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think I, I've always had the disconnect between films and reality I've always See, been able to do that so. in my I connect emotionally on all levels more with film than I do reality <laughs> so, so I don't if, really if someone was gunned down in, in front of you you'd be huh okay well, well I didn't realize there'd be that much blood uh, <laughs> films have lied to me but but end of gladiator I'm a I need a box of Kleenex so yeah go figure but yeah I, I don't know like I'm really heightened by that uh, and yeah the reason why Brian wants a box of Kleenex at the end of Gladiator is left up to you. Uh, for tears, Paul. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there an alternate ending? No. <laughs> no. Uh, not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm genuinely surprised you didn't get where I was going. With <laughs> but all right. Um, I think I did. I'm just not get, getting what I would have that to do about. But I mean, I loved the film, but I didn't. Whoa. Yeah, well, that was okay. <laughs> yeah, as if we're all on the same track here. Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there was a couple scenes early on, but, but yeah. The queen was pretty hot, but yeah. Her empress, whatever, yes. Sister, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. This is not Gladiator cast. Um, well, that's good, because I wouldn't yeah. have anything to say about it. Exactly. Um, did you come up with 
what you were talking about, sir. I did not. You did not. Well, I guess we're screwed. Yep. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this will have to be one of the alternate timelines that got dis- destroyed by the various time travels. Oh, yes. <laughs> so there we go. We should edit this pop fiction style. Just put the center at the beginning and the middle at the head and... Ooh, that would be that would be an interesting one. Maybe piece it together. Tell you what, how about we talk about for our next film for thought after the one we do? Let's talk about Pulp Fiction in order that it happens in Pulp Fiction, and I will edit it into chronological order, and we'll put that out. I think I understood that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. All right. That could be fun and incredibly annoying at the same time. All right. Fun for us, annoying for you. Yes. <laughs> if any of this is making it into the podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> Where do you want to go now? Uh, I don't know. Well, or how when? I'm the worst. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say. Well, I think we should really start getting into, like, is there anything that you felt was missing in the documentary? Um, I know uh, this is... Uh, I, I'm always hypocrite or um, contradictory is what I want to say. <laughs> but I said earlier, you know, I'm bad in like, film documentaries. I think they include too many scenes from the film. I would have could have stood a little more. I thought they were very sparse, uh, the actual cut-tos. I, yeah. I think I kind of like when they edit in uh, a scene that kind of goes along with whatever the talking head was just saying, you know, yeah. or, or it's kind of a, a setup and a punchline yeah. type or, edit. Or when they're talking about it and they have something that really sums it up, playing that with the dialogue over mm-hmm. it. Yeah, right? I, I mean, there, there were... Uh, there were some. Enough, yeah. Um, and yeah. I was... Like I said, happy. You know, they did say they they will release all of that Eric Stoltz footage someday. Hopefully, it's <laughs> will be in like a four pack with this documentary, like a Blu-ray. I, I know that'd be probably pretty soon. That would be coming out, but yeah. Um, I mean, I. I'd but I like did to enjoy think, the the at least. Go ahead. I'd, I'd like to think that what what would happen there is that uh, Zemeckis and Gale have said that there will never be another Back to the Future until they're dead. <laughs> I think that linked in with that is. That footage would ever be released until they are dead. Oh, that's and what you took that to mean. I I think so. I think what will happen is once they're dead, they can no longer be blamed for it. Like mm-hmm. t- to their faces, and so I go, "Here you go." <laughs> like you, you can watch it to your heart's content now, and you can't say anything to me. I won't be able to. And we hear also you. have no idea if there are legal issues binding that, um, or if Eric Stoltz there, has anything. There has in, to be something, you know. like actually stopping them. I think. Like that, I, I think because otherwise, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, you would have seen more than, like, I think this documentary featured everything I'd ever seen from Eric Stoltz and more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, yeah. I, I, the only thing that they didn't show, which I find very odd, is him running into the DeLorean, which actually is in the film. Mm. The the scene of Marty running from the front of the van, diving into the DeLorean, that is footage of Eric Stoltz doing it. Oh, yeah. It's just uh-huh. because he's got the hazmat suit on, you can't tell it's not Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I guess I think I touched on it earlier. You, you said things lacking. Um, like I said, the first third, when they're talking about the making of the film, while it had a lot of good information, it still kind of lacked any kind of charm or, like I said earlier, charisma. I could have done with some more Spielberg. Because yeah. he is... I, I, 
endlessly fascinating to listen to. Yeah, um, although I think when it comes down to it, if you actually listen to what they were saying and the stuff, he wasn't hugely involved in this film. No, he wasn't. He was more of like, you know, a mentor type figure. Yeah. Um, and, but and his recall, like all of these, like Scorsese, him, like, he knows what he was doing that week. He knows, like, well, because they're always working. Yeah. So, but he's like, I was working on Jaws and doing this, and like, I had this time. Yeah. But I just love listening to any interviews with him or yeah. any of these Mount Rushmore directors, I kind of call them. <laughs> but that's kind of my major critique. Uh, I did really, really, really love the um, the fan section. Although you say, you know, it's kind of just recently, but how it's positively affected people's lives. Yeah. Um, the, was it, um, was it muscular dystrophy? Yeah, or... Uh, uh, cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. Yeah. That, uh, and and he had a touching. specific type of yes. cerebral palsy that mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yes, but he only has, like, full control of his, like, left arm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and then the couple that drives around the DeLorean. I thought all of that was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, although, and I believe I said it to you at the time, they said that they have driven to all 50 states, and my response to that was, how did you get to Hawaii? Cargo, or that <laughs> had to go on a cargo ship, and yeah. that had to cost yeah. them a well, lot the of money. They specifically <laughs> said they'd driven to 50 states. Driven Not, in, didn't they? Well, they, they said they've, driv- they've driven it... They might have said driven it in 50 states, but they also said the word then. to somewhere. Okay. Because yeah, you can drive in, <laughs> you just can't yeah. drive to it. <laughs> yeah, unless what they did was they left the motor running while it was on the ship <laughs> and then drove off the ship. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but that, God, that'd be expensive as hell to create that yeah. ship. Uh, which I also, one thing that they never explained, and I wouldn't expect them to actually explain the finances of these two people. Oh, yeah, because they, they expected yeah, they, <laughs> him uh, to. <laughs> yeah, the guy, for for one reason or another, and I'm not going to say, just watch the documentary. Uh, I'm sure he, you have, yes. He has a certain amount of time to live, given by doctors in the year 2000. So they were like, okay, bucket list, we want the DeLorean, we want to like, do all that. Yeah. And now they drive around, and they're volunteers. yeah. Um, and they maxed out a credit card that has an undisclosed very high balance. Enough yes. for them to purchase a DeLorean. Enough for them to buy a DeLorean and, and it, uh, make it into the homemade time machine type mm-hmm. thing. And now their job is to go Now down. they're in financial ruin. Yeah, they're, they're, they're volunteers. <laughs> and they're suing that doctor for that six-month estimate. Maybe that's Maybe how that's they how did they, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's how he lived. He's, he's still living. This was like... 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, they, they just they didn't want to go into that's how they got the money, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a little messy, but I wondered that myself. I'm like, obviously, very happy he's still alive, as are they are, yeah. but yeah, they just kind of, okay, well, he's going to die, we might as well max out this credit card, and yeah. it's kind of like, at least Kevin Smith had the, you know, well, if the film fails, then I'm screwed, but if yeah. the film works, then I can pay it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he, I think he was... Fully prepared for it not to work. Sure, yes, <laughs> it was like I, I think he he said before that had the film not worked, he would still be there working to pay <laughs> off the debts. Uh, for sure, yeah, just the interest rate. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, this is not Clerks. We no, will do that is. another time. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, where are we at? We should probably get wrapping uh, yeah, up here. I, I think so. Final thoughts, Jerry Springer style. <laughs> All right, well, you go first, Sam. What are your final thoughts on this documentary? 
Final thoughts on the documentary. I'll go over both here. Okay. Final thoughts on the documentary. Um, it's definitely the source material is the appeal for this documentary. Yeah. Um, if I'm rating it as a documentary on its own, how it was done, I'd say it's an average documentary. Okay. Um, with the Back to the Future content, yes. uh, that being that obviously this documentary rides on nostalgia, rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, and that's the film does. I yes. Think. <laughs> uh, very good point. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's weird. Paul and I were discussing. We can't really use our normal rating system, which many of you might be thankful for. <laughs> what yeah. do all these negative numbers mean? Well, yeah. I, was saying, I, I was describing to someone at work how a uh, rating system works and his response was, that's a very negative rating system. <laughs> We're very negative people. <laughs> yeah, for, in both contexts of the word, yes, I suppose you're right. I think it's very optimistic. Or by our logic, it, every film starts out perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then immediately goes out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, if you're uh, Dread or Mordecai or Chappie or <laughs> poor Chappie, poor Chappie, yeah. Okay, not even gonna go there. But uh, I would give it a somewhere between strong and average recommendation. Uh, I, I, I think would, I, I know would, what you're tripping up on here, which is if you are a Back to the Future fan, you need to see the documentary. Yes, there is if enough you, in there that is worthwhile. If you have never seen Back to the Future. You can get around to it. Like, There's you know. no... Yeah, there. I wouldn't know why you would watch this then. Um, but yes, I would give it a soft... Slight, slightly above average recommendation. Yeah. Um, back to the Future itself. Uh, like it's mentioned in the uh, documentary, I think it does stand alone as... Or along with those iconic films from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what what else did they mention but just those films that just defined kind of a moment and everyone kind of remembers that time in their lives not necessarily because of that film but it helps ground them in that time yeah very much Uh, so it's I think it's one of those films that works in that it was set in modern day for the time mm -hmm. so it just works whenever you pick it up the only thing you might run into is, oh, that technology isn't exactly the same as I'm used to now. And I think the only thing you see outside of like the stuff they made up is the television. That's the only thing that ages it, really, is that the television they have mm-hmm. in their house is one of the old box set ones, because they just didn't have I'm any others. I'm just thinking of the line in 1925. No one has. He's lying. No one has two TVs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, by myself, I have two. <laughs> yeah. I have more if I had more rooms. <laughs> yeah, so I think someone could see it now and wouldn't have any issue with identifying with either Marty or George or mm. someone else says. It, it is entirely focused on the characters rather than the setting, which is odd because it, the setting is a huge part of it when it goes back in time. Yes, every but, time I do watch it, I do try to figure, I do get kind of stumped on, like, I think I get my head around the time travel, and then I, <laughs> then I ask myself another question, and then I'm all back at square one again. <laughs> but I just need to enjoy it as it is, because uh, yeah. it really is so iconic. And one of those, like I said, it just really showed me... W- 
how magical film can be. Yeah. And part of my love of film, this with Jurassic Park and, you know, the, those kind of genre-defining movies. Yeah. And Jaws and Goonies, for me. You know, those films that you see when you're young and impressionable <laughs> that just, I don't care. Uh, it has flaws, like they say. Um but there's so much going for it that yeah. I don't care about them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. The the things where they say, like, you know, a shot or two might be slightly out of focus or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's like, that you roll with it. You don't care. It, <laughs> and it comes back to what I say all the time on podcasts. It starts with writing. And the script is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so you got good writing. You're going to have, you know... Obviously, things can go off the trail with casting. Yeah. We talked about that still. But that's <laughs> the first thing, and it shows, and that's why it holds up to me. Yeah, and for me, I think this film, even if for nothing else, I cannot thank this film enough for introducing me to Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Like that, yeah. Those two have become, when I think of watching films and TV growing up, it's like uh, I remember Dot Brown... And I remember Martin McFly. <laughs> and now, you know, having grown up and seen other films, especially from around that time, Clue, for instance, it's just fun to see Christopher Lloyd in Clue. Oh my God, he's so great. <laughs> Everyone's so great in Clue, yeah. Yeah, especially and, him. And yeah. then Spin City became one of my favorite shows to watch oh, really? uh, yeah. after school because of Michael J. Fox. And yeah, it was uh, just, I find this film is through so many different ways the gateway to so many other great things and should definitely be looked at as sort of the staple of this type of thing if you're looking for time travel try and make it about the characters or the time yes, travel yes and not about the science yeah because yeah. <laughs> the further you go into the science unless you're primer where you do not dumb it down at all <laughs> then yeah you're gonna run into roadblocks and yes. In terms of the documentary, as I said, if you are a fan of the Back to the Future films, watch the documentary. If you've never watched the Back to the Future film, number one, why are you listening to this? Number two... <laughs> no, I think number one in general. Why are you listening? <laughs> yeah, just why? Why? No, Tell us why, please. Yeah. Uh, and number two, it's, it's worth a watch just because uh, if you like documentaries in general... You find out some interesting things about how the studios were running back then, and uh, also you hear about the the original car, the A car, as they called it, and how it was treated. Uh It's really interesting to see how some of these things can end up. I was, um, and I know we need to wrap up, but I was very surprised that they didn't mention the fact that the old uh, studio lot that had the town burned down. Yeah, because the yeah the original clock tower is they have they've since remade it to yeah. have on that back lot, but yes, that yeah, it's, it's was a, destroyed in a fire. Yeah, yeah such a shame. Yes, but I was yes at Universal before that a car was restored, and uh, I was very young, but I do yeah remember. I don't remember being quite as in shambles as it yeah. became, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I don't know if I have been since it was restored. I think I went probably... I would love to see it again. Yeah, I think I was there maybe while it was being restored, so it wasn't really out. So I must mm-hmm. I must have missed it. But, yes. yeah. <laughs> if you get the chance, yes, go check it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, I want to go back there and see it again. 
All right. <laughs> well, I I don't think we can really talk too much more about it without just telling you what is in the documentary. So, no, or just going scene by scene through the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I found very interesting when it comes to documentaries. How much can you talk about a documentary without just simply spoiling the documentary? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think it is spoilable. No, really. yeah. Without getting the transcript for the documentary, I think. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? They talk about the movie a lot. Okay. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Spoiler. Okay. All um, right. So well, what, what you give a soft recommendation, strongly I, recommend. I think you may have said already if you, yeah, you're I, a fan. Yeah. I, I would say, yeah. Depending on whether or not you like the film, strongly recommend you watch it or just get around to it when you can. Mm-hmm. One of those two. It is a decently well-done documentary, I'll say Yes. That. Okay. <laughs> well made. Well made. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll be it from us. Uh, oh. Do, uh, I know. Uh, as I said at the beginning, do find us, talk to us, slash follow us, whatever you want to do on Twitter, at Blokebusters, Facebook.com, slash Blokebuster, email us, BlokebusterPodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and if you really want to, you don't have to, but it would be nice have a look at our website blokebusters.webs.com so I've been Paul I've been Brian see you folks bye